once you've got yourself unhustled, your business unhustled, you've got all your processes and systems unhustled, you have the freedom not only of time and money, but also choice about what you do next. You're listening to the Catching Clients podcast, where the smartest minds from the world of professional services and marketing come and share the strategies that they use to consistently attract and catch their ideal big fish clients so you can learn to do the same. So grab your gear and join me, Adam King, the captain at Think Like a Fish and creator of the client catching ecosystem, and let's go fishing. Wanted to let you know about something I've just released. It's called A Quietly Powerful Guide for Professional Introverts and Curious Extroverts. How to Stand Out and Attract Clients in a World of Extroverts and Selfies. Now that is available on the listener bonus page, which is thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. There's also a bonus video walkthrough of the guide itself that you can watch if reading isn't your thing, uh, which you'll, you, you'll get access to after you've, um, you've, you've got your copy. So take a look at that and let me know what you think. But before you do that, let's get back to today's guest. Hey, how you doing? Just a quick reminder that this is actually the second part in a two-part interview that I did with Phil and Sean. So if you haven't listened to the first part, I suggest you start there because this might not make complete sense without it. So as also a reminder that this was a Facebook live interview that I did. It's available on the Client Catching Podcast Facebook page. Just search for it in Facebook if you want to watch the full interview. Okay, let's just dive into uh, the rest of my interview with um, Phil and Sean. Enjoy. Coming on to sort of things that that move the needle, I think there's, yeah, if we're using the unhustled way, there's 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 three key ones that I can think of that are going to move the needle if your objective is growing a business, and that is attracting more people to your business, converting those and selling those, and either delivering the service that you have or growing the value of that 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 client and that customer. And so, what are some of the things that you guys help people do around those areas? to get unhustled. Well, I'm thinking, Phil, why don't you explain the three things that we do that can actually double business? Go through those because that's the, the, the three things that we do focus on. I was just going to be a little bit more general first. I mean, it's get love, hate, do, strip out all the things that you're not doing, but just focus on one thing, one thing at a time. And I think that's generally the best thing. But you can essentially, uh, you know, you could essentially double your business very easily by increasing the prices. Uh, you know, you don't have to, most people undercharge. And if you just increase the uh, the price, I mean, if you're worried about a jump, I mean, some people uh, are charging $100 and they really should be charging $1,000 or £100 or £1,000. You know, how to justify that, demonstrate value. And again, I know that's a throwaway, a throwaway piece of advice. How do you demonstrate value? What results do you get? Instead of treating yourself as a commodity, and competing on the price, in which case it's the lowest price often wins. You know, you're 100 quid, you're 50 quid for your service. The reality is you're probably providing a significant result and you don't realize it. So if you can define that of what you do for that person, then there's a, there's a high degree of probability that you can probably put your prices up because now you can justify it. Because if, you know, if you're a service provider or even if it's a product, if you can demonstrate how does this change someone's life, at what point, um, you know, how can that be measured? When you know that, 
then for example, we can typically get people, you know, three to five new clients uh, a month or at least, you know, bookings with our process, one of the processes that we follow. And that's on a consistent basis at the very least, you know, some depending on your target audience, you can go all the way up to, you know, sort of, you know, 10, 12, 15 bookings a month, but at the low end, you know, three to five serious candidates that, you know, tell me more, I'm interested, you know, and when you've got that consistent lead flow, you can start to put the prices up and you can demonstrate the value to them. If your clients, if you're helping them with some sort of consulting or offer or product or service, how do you support them in their role? Because if you can demonstrate that you're increasing their client value, their product service, their offering, again, I'm just being a little bit general, but just how we might support someone, then if, if we can increase their revenues you know, from 10,000 to 20,000 or 20,000 to 40,000, you know, if we can help them elevate what they're doing just by simply providing consistent deal flow and lead flow, then, you know, if we can get them to 10,000 a month, then charging a thousand a month or 1,500 or 5,000 a month for that, because they're buying 10,000 pounds worth or $10,000 worth of client value or revenue for a thousand or two thousand or three thousand and that's what i mean by value how can you demonstrate in the context of what you do how can you demonstrate a tangible actual result and as such you know one of the three ways that you can grow your business very very quickly is you can increase your prices and you know it can literally be as simple as that you know but if you're thinking about yourself as a commodity or a service you're always going to be in the mindset of the lowest prices wins. I've got to win the client. I've got to get the money. I've got to put food on the table. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to do all those things that everyone else is doing. Stop doing what everyone else is doing. Demonstrate the value of what you provide, what you bring to the table and charge a premium for that. And it all starts with that. What's the result that you deliver? It's that destination that we were talking about, not just with life, but if you think about the destination that you can help people with, People will pay for the results. Most people don't care how it happens as long as it happens. <laughs> so if you can demonstrate it, that's a great place to start. Increase your prices. Okay. So we've got the increase the prices and let's say someone's done that. Now we want to increase, say, deal flow. What's one of the things that somebody could focus and put effort on that's going to have a highest um, impact on actually improving that deal flow? Are there, are there places you go, things you do? You know, what's your sort of number one go-to um, place? Let me, tackle, let me tackle that one. Here's the thing. Stop, peaking, st stop talking to people who are not going to buy your products. Uh, one of the things we do, there's, there's three areas. Increase your prices, increase the number of deals you get, and sell the people who you've got in your, you know, that you've, sold, you've already sold to. Sell them more. I if ran past them, didn't I? I glossed over them. Thanks for coming back to that, Sean. That's <laughs> I got okay. carried away. <laughs> uh, this is why we work so well together, because we catch each other. And so, yeah, he was tackling this one. But, yeah, raise your prices, get more deals, sell them more products. Okay, so by doing, increasing just those three by 12%, the compound effect is almost doubling your business. Or 25%, sorry. 25%, yeah. All of those by 25% you actually could double your business. And it, it's amazing when you think about it. So yeah, increasing your, the value of what you're doing, the, the, the product, the service, whatever you're doing, put a premium on that. People love Ferraris, not because they're great cars, because honestly, I've done the whole Ferrari thing. They're a piece of crap car. They have no refinements. They're just, they're, they're in the shop more than they're on the road. And they're just, 
there and people love them because they don't they're work in the UK anymore. Sure. You've been out the country for too long. There's speed bumps on every I was corner. Gonna say like speed bumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I have been out of the country too long. I've been out of the UK for 20 years. But at the end of the day, people. I mean, you look at uh, Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce Phantom is compared to say a BMW. Now, if you put a BMW Series Seven and you held up the keys, people and say, "Hey, would you like this car?" People would snap your hand off because it's a BMW Series Seven. Nice car, ninety thousand dollars. But if I then held up the it's keys to Rolls Royce, you like this one? Yeah, people are going, "Oh, that's the four hundred thousand dollar car." Oh, I'll take that. What's the difference? Basically, the badging, the, the Series Seven, is basically the underpinnings of a Rolls Royce. It's just because of the brand recognition. So, first of all, price perception is very important, and people want the more expensive thing generally because. It's because, because it's a more expensive thing. People generally, the, there is a group of people who are more attracted to it just simply because it's more expensive. Now, we're not saying sell someone a piece of shit. You, you, we've got to, you've got to assume that what you do is good quality. Yeah. <laughs> we've well, yeah. always got to make that say? assumption. You can't put lipstick on a turd. So um, there's. <laughs> you could, but. Well, no, you can't polish a turd. We, unfortunately, we deal with a lot of people who do do that in business and we don't deal with them. But this, points, this raises the point here in the question you're asking is, uh, what do you do to get more deals? Well, first of all, stop talking, have a filtering process in place. I mean, we focus a lot on the theme here, isn't there? We're talking about filters, put speed bumps, put hurdles in place. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You don't want to talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. So you, we're talking to people on LinkedIn. I mean, we focus there because it's 590 plus uh, million on LinkedIn. They're professionals. They have revenue. Uh, they're focused on networking and business and growing what they're doing. And so we can really drill down, have a, a really clear message of what we do. We call it the one sentence elevator pitch or the, the unhustled elevator. But we really clearly define what we do, what we deliver, our perfect, who our perfect target market and perfect client is. And we initiate conversations just with those people. We don't need to be casting the giant wide net and then hope that someone comes in that might be relevant and go through 50 calls to find one person that we want to speak to. We cut through all that crap. Again, it's all about being on hustle. We go speak to those perfect people. And that's where we initiate conversations. Coffee shop calls, as Phil was calling them earlier on. We have chats with those people. And what we do then is we, once we start the ball rolling, we have that kind of get to know you conversation. We're not selling. We're finding out what their challenges are. Can we help them? And then we have a two-step process that is really very simple. It saves you about 80% of your time. We have a little 10-minute call, which we ask a couple of questions. We find out if they are a perfect client or if they're going to be a waste of time or drive us absolutely crazy. We know very quickly. We actually did a podcast, uh, funnily enough, uh, internally for our business about an imperfect client situation that was filtered out very quickly. But we, we only then moved the people who we know, first of all, we can get results for, that actually have the resources to make these results happen and someone that we can actually work with because we can be very selective about who we do work with. And then we'll move them on to uh, a, a more detailed conversation. We've already built up trust, rapport, 
uh, we all are on the same page of feeling good about moving forward. And we haven't even mentioned sales yet. All we're talking about is, okay, what result we can get for them? What is their desired outcome? And yeah, look, this is where you are right now. This is where you want to be. Let's make a game plan to get you there. And this is what it looks like. Yeah, well, because what you've, what you've touched on there, and I wanted to highlight that, is that you focused on conversations and mm-hmm. not sales. And I, that, that's one of the things that, kind of, that, that brought, you know, brought me to you guys. And I saw that the way you did it, because it's very much along the ethos that I, I sort of go with. But it's actually quite a rare thing. And I love the term that you guys use for the people that do this in the opposite way, you know, especially on things like LinkedIn. Um, you call it the, uh, uh, do you want me to uh, hijack your, uh, your say? Yeah, you refer to it as the leg hump. Yes, it's, it's that little dog that looks lovingly at your leg and hungrily. And it's just that, hey, look, buy my product, buy my product. Hey, you, I, I, I can get you all these, buy my product. And people are like, Jesus Christ, get the hell away from me. It's like, it's like the, the, the door-to-door salesman, would you like to buy these knives? <laughs> uh, you know, kind of. I'm, I'm glad you came back to that because what, what you were, what Sean was describing was, again, just to reemphasize what you, what you just touched on, Adam, is you have conversations with people. Again, let go of trying to sell your thing to everyone because when you do, and you're trying to sell, and again, I appreciate it's difficult when you start out and you start something new because you've got to put food on the table. But the reality that you'll soon see when you start taking that mindset and being aloof to the outcome is a phrase that I really like to describe this. Have a conversation because if you can't help each other and you can't recognize that, it's going to be a really short conversation. And that's a good thing because you're not going to waste time with people trying to sell them something they've got zero interest in because that's the mistake that so many people make when they're in business. They've got to sell it to everyone. Who wouldn't want my product? <laughs> you know, who doesn't want this? Absolutely. You know, and once you've done that, as, as I think another term that you've used, you've burnt the bridge in terms exactly, of yeah. like, you've tried to sell it. Whereas actually, when you look at it as if this, is, this person in front of me, they could buy something from me, they could not. I'm aloof to the outcome. But if you see them as, well, this is a person in front of me that can become part of my network, and actually, this person could have multiple opportunities that will never involve them personally paying me for, but the introductions, the referrals, the networking aspect. A lot of our deals recently, which is something we've been exploring quite a lot lately, have become you know, as a result of just literally have a conversation, get to know each other. You know, it's that first date. How can we support you? What are you interested in? You know, you know tell me a little bit more about yourself. Oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. You know, it's just that. What would you do face to face? That's all we're going to do. The digital equivalent to start those conversations, have those conversations, and then when you have them, some amazing opportunities have turned have come about. You know, every day we have these conversations, and some of them turn out to be absolute gold mines. And it would never have come about if we were trying to sell your thing. You know, just. It might be that they, they're a great fit. It might be, as you said, because you've burnt the bridge trying to sell them it now, it might be that they need something else first. It might be that they're hustled and they need to streamline their operations first. And that, and that comes on to something that I'd like to sort of touch on as well in terms of it opens a door to things like partnerships. And you, you call it 
um, a, a solution, having a solution stack. Yeah. And that, that solution stack is, is essentially a, a network of people that you know that can ho- help solve problems either before or maybe after the thing that you do. And you can either recommend if they're not where you need them to be, but they're somewhere beforehand, you have that ability. That's, that's another potential. Well, it could either be a revenue stream if you have those yeah. commercial um, uh, agreements with people, or it could just be, well, I need to get them to this point. So I'm going to find the best person to get them to this point. And by making that introduction, they you will create your clients. You, yeah. You're essentially creating your own customer because of that. You know, it's, it's, it might be no today, but it could be hell yes tomorrow, you know? Um, but you know, if you try and sell them today, it's going to be never tomorrow. <laughs> and that's really the big difference there. And another analogy that we like is the, the production line experience. You know, your, your place on the production line for a business's evolution. And, you know, you're either swimming downstream or you're swimming upstream. You know, maybe there's people that you can build a relationship that you can pass people to or and consequently they can pass the baton over to you so that your place in that production line for, for the business um, you know, that experience. And then maybe you can have people that you have a relationship with that go upstream. You, then you can, when you've done your expertise, you can pass the bat on along. And, uh, you know, afraid, you know, again, another, another idea to think and chew around this is stop worrying about your piece of the pie and start thinking about how can we make the pie bigger for everyone? And, and that I've got to admit, when I started thinking this way, it, it was like someone lifted a cloud. I was so worried about trying to, like everyone trying to make my business, trying to make my sales, trying to, and then when you start changing that phrase and stop worrying about, you'll get your piece of the pie. Don't be worried about it. If the pie is big enough for everyone, you'll have more than you can ever eat. It really is a, a different mindset. It's um, an absolute mindset. And I think, I can't remember if it, it, it was either a, a Jay Abraham or, or Dean Jackson. The they, yeah. they, talk, they talk about the difference between tunnel vision, which most people have, and funnel vision, i.e. it just broadens out. And you see the opportunity everywhere rather than, right, this is the thing that I have to do. So I'm going to go and hump someone's leg until they buy it, that kind of thing. You, you hit on a, a point there. You, st- you start to see opportunity everywhere. Yeah. That, that really is the, 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 the kind of, the, I don't know, it, it's a, a major benefit of just a slight shift in perception. It's you stop worrying about your thing, as you said, but you just start seeing opportunity everywhere. And you have lots of people that you can have lots of arrangements with. And it, it, it could be informal where you just pass clients to each other as and when, or it could be a, a formal, here's a client for, you know, you know, hot potato, you know, go and do something with it. And just by passing business, you know, upstream or downstream, as we were referring along that production line, it's, it opens up their eyes. And again, you, you create your own referral network as a result. And it's one of those slow things, but you know, if you are doing it on a regular basis and you're being aloof and you're looking for opportunities and you're not thinking about how can I make the sale today, tomorrow, you'll get paid tomorrow. Don't worry about getting paid today because tomorrow you're going to have 10 opportunities, 10 deals. 10 joint venture relationships, instead of worrying about one sale today and putting food on the table today, you know, tighten the belt a little bit, suck it up, be aloof, and you'll have 10 deals tomorrow. What that uh, reflects to me, and it's, it's one of the reasons why I think that I kind of resonate with you guys, because it's a very similar thing that I put in the center of what I call my client catching ecosystem. And it's all based around partnerships, relationships, conversations. You know, this podcast is a conversation between, you know, normally maybe just two people, but in this case, three. And it's, it's simply about 
adding value, sharing messages, and seeing if there is, is anyone within the mutual network that may find value in this conversation and want to find out something a little bit more from the people that have had the conversation. And it's, it's, it works in the same way. And yeah, I always say the client catching data is not about the, the things, the systems, the technology, the bits. It's about putting yourself in the center. And I think you guys call it the king of the, uh, king of the hill. Of the hill. Um, and I, I refer to it as being the captain of your, uh, your own client catching fleet. Um, but it is that because you suddenly have an ecosystem around you of multiple mini systems that start feeding you. And it becomes, it becomes the most unhustled system that you can run. And yeah, that's why I think what you guys... The way of saying it is you're creating multiple joint venture um, relationships. That, that's the, the fancy way of saying it, you know, if you want to kind of Google that phrase. But that is essentially what's going on. You know, and it's a very serious, viable very lucrative business model, but, and it can be a part of your every day if you just aloof to the outcome. And, and that, that, that exists all the time. If you order shopping online, if you get your uh, shopping delivered, you'll get leaflets from other companies in there. If you go onto their site and after you've checked out, it'll be like, oh, check out our uh, deal with so-and-so company and blah, 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 blah. They have that going on all the time you know, all the phone companies, all of those sort of companies, it is big, massive business. But for some reason, the lower down you go, the less common this whole partner uh, abundance sort of thing is because we think, oh, well, I'm not going to partner because he could steal my clients or that kind of thing. Whereas if the big boys do it, wouldn't it be great to, if the per because part of what we do is personality driven, as you probably gather. If we don't like each other, I've got to be okay with you not being my clients. But wouldn't it be better if I could say, you know what, clearly what we do is, is, good, is a good thing, but we're not a right fit for you. Wouldn't it be great to be able to have somewhere to send them? And you can still get paid from the relationship with someone else because they're a better fit. And I think that is, again, it's, it's just that, abundance mindset rather than worry about trying to sell them today just try and do the best thing for the client in the first place you're serving them aren't you you're actually the best thing for them is to go and work with bob down the road then send them to bob down the road and build a relationship with bob instead you'll still get paid tomorrow (laughs) well one of the things that i think was very a recent example we actually were talking to competitors of ours Okay, uh, we do some, some very unique stuff, but we're actually talking and, and initiating conversations with people who, on the face of it, may be considered competitors and finding ways that we can work together to strengthen and you know, create that bigger pie that um, we were just talking about that's led to a potential deal that could be an extra seven figures in revenue next year. Not the way we were expecting the conversation to go. Not the way that we were thinking and, and going to engineer a potential conversation, but because opportunities are all around us, because there's all sorts of different ways that you can explore and follow rabbits down holes and squirrels up trees or what have you, it led to something that was very interesting that, yeah, could be multiple seven figures over the next 12 months. And that opened up an audience of a potential 4.5 million people into our ecosystem. That's a significant pie shift. That 
is, you know, again, a huge potential that we can leverage from our business just by being aloof to the outcome, listening for those opportunities and making stuff happen. And yes, I did self-censor myself then. And here's the thing, it's freely given and offered in this situation because you're just having a conversation. We've got, yeah. to be fair, you know, that, that's very close to, you know, a reality. And we're having multiple conversations like this all the time. And there's several opportunities that are kind of like circling around the ecosystem of, yeah, well, we want, it, we want to do something together. We like each other. We like the ethos. We like the direction. And uh, we're just trying to figure out the specifics, you know, and those deals are happening mm. all the time. And I think it comes back down to probably the core of what you guys think of as, as being unhustled. And it's, you know, what are the, 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 the smaller number of things that will give me maximum results? And yeah. it's about relationship, network, all that kind of thing. Because ultimately, if you take that kind of label away, what you're really talking about is access. You're talking about access to networks of you know, other people's networks that have implied trust existing within that. Because that access becomes an asset both for you and for the businesses that you are sharing that access with. And that exponential impact of that, that becomes a humongous asset for everybody involved in that, in that network and all that kind of thing. Because as you say, very much so. yeah. and you could be very super selective then about what you do. Because once you've got your core, once you've got yourself unhustled, your business unhustled, you've got all your processes and systems unhustled, you have the freedom not only of time and money, but also choice about what you do next, where you can push things or where ideas could lead you because you've got the capacity or the one thing I always like to talk about is the bandwidth to then be selective about, well, I could do this. Well, that's an interesting thing. I could pursue this. When you're so hustled that you can't focus, you're like a horse with the blinkers on. You don't have the freedom of choice to explore those opportunities, to expand your network, to do these things, because you're so hyper-focused on diving headfirst into quicksand and wondering what the hell happened. So I think that freedom of choice and being super open but selective about what you could potentially do next to expand, to grow, not only yourself personally, but also your business your influence, you, you know, you, if you've got a team or staff like I do, what we can do to make their lives even better. It just has a massive ripple effect on everything you do and the opportunities are truly boundless. But it's really what it gets people on. We, we always talk about like flight analogies outside of the nautical references and Star Wars stuff. But it's like you're on the runway. Okay, what gets you to that ascension? And when you get on hustle, you're down the, down the runway, your plane's full bore, pull back on the open ball, and that's it. And it's when you hit that kind of growth curve, because you've got the freedom to do it, the resources to do it, it transforms people's lives. It really does. And the, See, the, uh, the, the person that comes to mind is almost the ultimate poster boy for being unhustled is, is, is Mr. Branson. I mean, the guy lives half a year on an island, right? Why not? He is the CEO of multiple businesses. He has all this, but he never looks flustered. And really, I, I look at him and I think, well, why is his to-do list probably so much shorter than the majority of people's out there? Because really, he focuses on a few core things. You know, uh, IP, IP, yeah, IP in development, promoting his business by being the face, developing relationships. And, you know, there's, there's not, I'm sure he does a lot more of that, but. There's probably a lot more. You're absolutely right. I think another key element just to kind of pick the ball up is that he's not the person doing all the stuff. 
he's having the idea. He's like, I've got this really great idea. He's going to find people to explore it for him and report back to him. And, you know, he's not, he's not blogging 500. He's not tweeting. He's not doing all the, all the blog articles. He's finding people who are, you know, better than him or as good at him at the very least to, or probably better than him because that's their expertise. And this comes back to those relationships that you were just talking about. It's like find people to do the thing that they're a genius at and ask them to help you with your idea. Well, he can probably have an idea and then go to his Rolodex or whatever he's got these days and go, right, who, who can I get to implement that? But it didn't start out that way. If you know the, if you know the backstory, he started out, you know, phoning out a phone box, if you, if you remember those, 10 piece slots in. And, you know, and that, that's how we were starting. You know, it's he, he, he starting those relationships, start those conversations. Are you interested in this? Can I help you with that? And if you help enough people get what they want, you're going to get what you want. And again, I know this sounds very cliche, but we're living proof that it works. Yeah. And yeah, and, and yeah, you, you know, you guys, Branson, it's kind of like, well, if you want to know where the ultimate destination is, if you want to say, right, I want to own an island in the middle of the Caribbean, then that's that's where I want to be. And And, and yeah. you know that, if you have what to start phoning to people, that objective, yeah. yeah. If you have to start it by banging phones and phoning people, and you know that he didn't get there overnight, he got there over a long time, and mm. he had to hustle at the beginning, but he learned how he to smart and creatively. Yeah, not against not against hard work. It's just be smart with it. Don't try and do everything. Focus on one thing at a time. Unhustle. You know, declutter, and you know, just do that one thing and. You know, beautiful things start to happen when you just have one focus, one mission, one objective. You can do the three, four, five things tomorrow, but just do one thing today. Just do one smart, creative thing that produces the results. One vision, one goal. <laughs> yeah, um, you're gonna start um, yeah, hoovering in a in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you guys are testament to the fact that it that it works because, well, first of all. I realized that we've gone over the, you know, the allotted time that we had and, and you guys are still looking pretty chilled out. So yeah, I'm, 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 I've won it first of all. This is, all, this is the only thing on my calendar today. Well, there you go. <laughs> I so, spent most of the morning in a coffee shop. In fact, no, I tell a lie. I, I, I do have one other call today. It's just a 10 minute phone call. It's a hello call. That's it. But, but it's by design. You know, it's choose what you want from life and make it happen. That's all you've got to do. Figure it out. Don't live your life by someone else's rules and dictations. Figure out what you want, make it up, and go make it happen. And I, I would suggest that if you want some help figuring that out, then you know, check out unhustled.com. Have a look at what these guys do. Have a chat. Have a conversation. Reach out to us. We're, we're open. Uh, you can email me at sean at unhustled.com, bill at bill at unhustled.com. Always open to have conversations with smart people who want to do more. Excellent. And yeah, you're also uh, pretty active on LinkedIn, so you can go and catch you guys there and, and all that sort of thing. everywhere because we're lazy, but yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, you can join the uh, Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash unhustled. We're in there too. You can come and join the community. Awesome. And so what are you guys working on at the moment that you're pretty excited about? Well, we do have a new program coming out on November 12th. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's called Unhustled Six-Figure Freedom. Uh, it's about how you're only four clients away from a six-figure-a-year business. And we'll be launching that, as I say, November 12th. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, it's unhustledfreedom.com. If you want to get on the early bird waiting list. And we'll be basically laying out a lot of game plans, a lot of processes, a lot of systems. Well, how you can get unhustled, how you can 
increase your business doing what you're doing in a more unhustled way. And if you want to start a business from scratch, we'll also show you how to start and lay the foundations of a very unhustled business. So some very cool stuff in there that will really take you from, we, we solve three of the biggest challenges of business. And we'll lay all that out and show you how to literally take it to the next level. Well, fantastic. Yeah. So that was um, unhustledfreedom.com. Was that right? That's correct. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah. And right now you can on the waiting list so we can rock on. And if you're listening in the future, I'm sure it will have uh, launched with, to, with great success and uh, maybe you'll have to get on the waiting list because of that. Um, but, you know, go Absolutely. check it out. Go check it out. I, I highly encourage you guys to, yeah, if you want to be able to live the life, um, look as uh, relaxed as these guys are and uh, be surrounded with some pretty cool Star Wars memorabilia. Um, <laughs> we yeah. won't turn the camera and show you the six for Boba Fett in the other corner of the room. We won't do that. <laughs> uh, what do you do in your own free time, Sean? Is your business so? Uh... <laughs> I know what you call it these days. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, I just want to say thank you ever so much for coming on. It's been a it's been a real pleasure. Um, yeah, it's get been emotional. It's, it's been, been emotional. emotional. I will go off and have a little cry afterwards. But uh, guys, <laughs> thank right. you very much. So much. It's real pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.